Oh, okay. Hi, Mama and, Taylor. And 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 we are. Uh, say that again. I said hi, Mama Taylor. Okay, she heard that. <laughs> and 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 hold on, hold on, she hold on. Hold on. Sit, sit. No, well, I wanted to hear this too. I wanted to hear this too, Mama okay. Taylor. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Co- wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Say hello. Okay. Say hello. Say- hello. How hello, are Mama you? Taylor. I'm hello. great. You know, your I'm your son. Fine. Your son is I, a I very get, good person, but uh, I, I want to tell you this. Go ahead. Go ahead, I man. Get, I just did a two-mile walk this morning, so I'm doing good. That is outstanding. <laughs> Maybe your son will get up and do something. But, but I, w- I wanted to say this last thing. A couple years ago, uh, you visited Jerry, and uh, we were doing a show. And we were talking about baseball. And I gave you all the credit for his baseball prowess, his drafting, and he happened to do well that year. He has not done well since. So I just want to thank you for providing your son more knowledge at his extended age. Because, you know, he's, he's kind of wild. He's a thief, too. I just want to put it out there. I'm going to prosecute him. Let's go, Mets. <laughs> oh, boo, boo. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about these Mets, JT. Sure, man. No Thanks. problem. Hey, you know what? Now you can never say you never had your mom on the show. Like you've been lying you forever go. saying she never came. That's, that's exactly why I took the opportunity. All right. <laughs> that was outstanding. Actually, she has a deeper Jersey accent than you. And I'm like, wow. So anyway, <laughs> that is outstanding, outstanding. So anyway, let's talk about your Mets. Your Mets sure. have um, found a way to sweep mm-hmm. the Cubs. I didn't think they were going to sweep them. I really didn't think what they were going to sweep found them. Found a way. Come on, Victor. I told you about pitching, man. Wins championships. Oh, your mama told you that, not you. But <laughs> the point, <laughs> you know, now that she's there, you know I'm going to get on you. You know I'm going to get on you. Well, no, she, she, no. she was on the way out the door when when uh, I had to come over here before she left. So, Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the point is that yep. I didn't think the Mets were going to sweep them. I, I, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a good series. Sure. And, you know, um, and it wasn't the hitting that did it this time. It was the it was the pitchers, Harvey. Yeah. Uh, uh, I forgot the the young kid, the twenty four year old guy. Well, let me let me run down a lineup of pitching for you. Oh, Jesus. I, 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 know, I know know it well, and all the National League knows it well too. We're talking about Degrom. We're talking about Matt Harvey. We're talking about the twenty three year old phenom who throws close to one hundred miles an hour. Uh, um, uh, Noah Syndergaard. And then we're talking about the rookie, a left-hander who's been in and out of the lineup sporadically, but has been very good and closed out the closed out the series with a win. Steve Matz, not to even mention the old man of the bunch, Mister Rotund himself, Mister um, Cologne. And you know what? And this is a a just a precursor and, and a notice for the National League, especially the National League East next year, including the Nationals, that Mr. Zach Thank Wheeler whatever. is coming. Mr. Zach Wheeler is coming back. So check 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 this line in, line about 
check this lineup of pitching out next year that we're going to have and, and see who's got a better lineup from one to five in starting. Jacob DeGrom, Matt Harvey, Noah Syndergaard. Matt Harvey's coming back. He's not a free agent next year. Matt Harvey, uh, Noah Syndergaard, Steve Matz, and Zach Wheeler. There is no easy person in there to go against from one day to the next. I'm 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 ecstatic. Ecstatic. Well, listen, I, I, listen. Ecstatic. I'm glad you're ecstatic. I'm glad you're ecstatic about that. But that did nothing for you guys until you got Cespedes. Because Cespedes, and, and I'm being honest here. I, I'm not saying he he deserves to be the National League um, MVP because that's Bryce. No, no way. But, no way. But my point is, my point is, until that bat got into the lineup, pitching meant nothing because you guys could not score consistently. So you you can talk about you know your 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 arms, which is great because arms can keep you in games. Arms not win you games without runs, and that's the thing. Cespedes killed literally killed the National League uh, when he got traded from uh, the from the American League. And we normally don't see that happen with batters. Normally, it's a it's a pitcher coming from the National League to the AL or, you know, an American League pitcher going to the NL because you've rarely seen their stuff. So when Cespedes joined the Mets, it was a whole new world. A uh, brand new, but the thing is this: Grandison still, you know, was not that hot. But, but because of your one through four, Granderson, the uh, Duda, uh, um, I forgot who who's number three, and then you had um, oh boy, um, that won the MVP for the uh, Amer- uh, the National League Championship Series. I can't remember his name. But uh, your one through four were very, very active and very competitive because of Cespedes. They wanted to get Granderson out. They wanted to get Duda out. They wanted to get all those other guys out. But they couldn't because, you know, they were table setters. So I agree with you. You have a very formidable pitching lineup. Just look at the Nationals. This year they are supposed to have the most dominant pitching staff in all of baseball history. Now, they had a good staff. It's just for whatever reason, they couldn't get the runs. Scherzer was pitching his butt off all year, but he ends up with, what, a 13-12 and 12 or 14-15 or and, and 15 record or something like that, mm-hmm. all because the bats didn't show up. And, and that's the point that I'm getting to. The Mets are good. Don't do not get me wrong. Their pitching staff, young and talented, awesome. But when their bats don't show up again, they're going to be in the same situation as the Nationals. Now, they're going against the Kansas City Royals team that, in what forty-five years or eighty-five years, whatever it is, had not seen the no forty-five years, I believe. Yeah, me, had not seen the playoffs or the pennant. They're going back to back. And they proved that they could slug with one of the yep. best teams that was loaded in Toronto. 
and they pretty much shut out Toronto and uh, not shut them out, but they uh, put up big numbers on Toronto and pitched yep. very well versus Toronto. Yep. Yep. So they had both sides going just like the Mets do. But um, that's going to be an interesting World Series, really. Well, even I thought- though, even though it's Midwest, you know, Kansas City is not really Midwest, but it is um, versus the East Coast, and uh, I guarantee you, Cespedes is not going to do well in that series because when he was with uh, Detroit, all you have to do is look at his numbers when they faced Kansas City. He did not do well versus them. So, well, there you go. Th- th- this I think I talked about this on Thursday, and and and, and the choice I had if I had a choice between Toronto um, and the Mets, I mean, and the uh, Kansas City Royals, I would choose Toronto because of the fact is Kansas City has a a, a very good pitching staff and an excellent bullpen. Um, and, and that and, and, the, and the weakness of the Mets, in my opinion, is their um, bullpen, um, excluding Familia, quite naturally, their closer. Um, Kansas City has a very balanced lineup. Um, power and speed and, and um, uh, hitting for average and getting on base um, versus, uh, in my opinion, the Toronto Blue Jays, who are basically, in my in my opinion, an offensive team. I think they scored the most runs, if I'm not mistaken, in the uh, all of Major League Baseball. Uh, I think they, they were the most uh, um, powerful offensive lineup in baseball, which did not bother me because – um, if I was to go against them, uh, meaning the Mets, I should say, that I thought I could, I thought that the uh, pitching, uh, the strong pitching that the Mets had, could offset that um, offensive uh, power that uh, Toronto would display uh, game in and game out. Now, conversely, talking about the Kansas City Royals, they have a very balanced team of pitching, uh, both starting. And in the bullpen, like I already talked about, and their everyday lineup. So I'm looking for a very close um, matchup in in game to game and pitch to pitch because uh, one mistake, and I think the Kansas City Royals uh, uh, can take full advantage of it. Um, and uh, this 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 matchup. Scares me more than if if, if there was a Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I have to say that uh, it really this really this matchup scares me because they've been there before. Kansas City's been there before. They experienced it, even though it's the first time in 45 years last year. They've experienced it. They know uh, have a good idea of what it takes to to win uh, from one game to the next in a series like this. And with the new Mets, this is and I'm saying that the new Mets. Um, I don't think any of them ever ever been to a World Series. I'm almost positive of that. Uh, this is a new experience. So uh, going from um, the wild card or going from the first round to the second round, which is the National League Championship, it's a big step up of going to the World Series. And, you know, there's – but, you know, here's the deal. And we're going to jump off of this topic after this, but – the Mets, they do have what it takes. Um, and I'm not going to give credit to Terry Collins. I'm not. I'm giving credit to the GM. 
just like, you know, Chicago went out and got, you know, uh, Madden and Madden then got all of the players to buy into what he was selling. Um, you know, I think the GM decided, Hey, look, this is an all or nothing type season. And it worked just like in Toronto, all or nothing type season. And Bautista went off in, in, you know, the AL series. Uh, and so did the rest of those uh, Blue Jays. But Kansas City, they played, I guess, small ball when it comes to general managing. They didn't go out and spend a lot of money. They, I think they Vasquez or um, they went and got Cato. They went out and got Cato from um, from Cincinnati. That was their biggest acquisition. Lunch bucket type pitch- players. Yes, lunch bucket type players. I mean, don't take, don't get offended by this, but your mom's type people, the the type of people that you know go to work every day, do the job, don't complain. We mm-hmm. don't have that nowadays. We don't. And mm-hmm. I, I refer to your mom because you know during her era, that's what that generation did. Right? They, they weren't, you know, hey, I need twenty thousand dollars more. I'm not going to do the job or you know, whatever the case may be. So it's a small market and uh, it's going to be interesting because last year they lost to the Giants in the World Series, a team that had been there multiple times. So as you said, had experience and they didn't do too well in that series, but I think they'll do well in this series. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm picking Kansas City just for the pure fact that I, I don't want you to celebrate a World Series win. <laughs> I figured but, that. But that's not the only reason. Um, you know, they, they'll, I think, because uh, they actually have the better overall team. And I think Cespedes will be neutralized, meaning Granderson. I know Granderson is not going to have the type of series he did against the Cubs. Not going to happen. Duda, maybe. You know, right you know, past his time. Uh, but Cespedes, unless he figured out how to beat Kansas City's pitching now, it's not going to happen. And I think when he was with Detroit, he had some big bats up there and he mm-hmm. still couldn't hit. He still couldn't hit Kansas City. Went to Boston, didn't do much. He didn't play Kansas City much when he played Boston, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But let's move mm-hmm. on. We're okay. gonna save the Mac. We'll save the Mac Williams conversation if we have time. Uh, although <laughs> um, I did already load it to our uh, our internet radio page, mm-hmm. spotonradios dot com. If folks want to go there and listen to uh, the last week's worth of uh, shows or a couple weeks worth of shows, it's there for you. And uh, it's streaming right now. Two master plans, one no chaser, one FSP week six show, as well as um, my FSP crew show. So it's streaming right now, live and in living color. As we go live here, where Jacksonville hosts Buffalo. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, I told you, whenever they go to London, Jacksonville is a home team. 
Jacksonville is trying – the NFL is trying to brand Jacksonville in London. Now, here's the deal. With Blake Broyles being a budding star, T.J. Yeldon looking like he might be a, a good star if he can stay healthy, and the young receiving core. Which I, I love those guys. Huh? I love those guys. I love their and, receiving and, core, man. Well, if Marquise Lee can ever get healthy, you know, that will be a great trio of receivers. Oh, you know? yeah, man. They, they, got, they got some beasts um, in waiting, if not there now, in their wide receivers. Wow. Yeah, and, and the thing is they have a young quarterback, so all of them can grow together. Exactly. You know, exactly. exactly. So I, I'm not trying to liken them to the Jacksonville Jaguars of old where you had Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, uh, uh, Keenan McCardo, and Fred Taylor. But, you know, there's potential there with a bigger arm um, and some studs at receiver that can, can really be game changers. But they're hosting uh, – Buffalo. Right. And Buffalo, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Buffalo because Buffalo Issue. is going to – Yeah, you got uh, E.J. Manuel who looks like he's going to start a second game. He didn't look bad in the last one. He did not look bad. But, again, Jacksonville has a tough defense. Surprisingly, they're weak against the run. And yeah. that, that surprised me. That really, really mm-hmm. surprises me. Um, but E.J. Manuel looked like he could – conceivably do well um, in this game, in my opinion. Uh, Sammy Mm -hmm. Watkins, you know, he got the ball finally. Uh, What's what's my my guy name? Um, uh, Percy Harvin's out. Shane McCoy. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't don't like Percy Harvin's, man. I've never liked him, and I think he's been totally overrated ever since he came into the league. Totally overrated. and it looks like you might be right about that. But you also have um, Shady McCoy, who's hopefully healthy. He's not 100%, but hopefully he's healthy um, on the offensive side of the ball. So on the defensive side of the ball, there are some issues with the Buffalo Bills secondary. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what's up with Mario Williams. I know they lost Kyle Williams, the defensive tackle. But they have um, Demarius, not Demarius, uh, old boy from um, from Detroit uh, that they signed as a free agent at D tackle. He's not causing much uh, problems. I, I honestly think, honestly, I think this is going to be a very good game for Julius Thomas, a very good game for Julius Thomas, uh, because we're go all the way through this entire. Buffalo defense. Now, do I think this will be a shootout? I think so. Ooh, I don't know about that. I think so. Go ahead. Well, I'm surprised you haven't talked about the the dissension, uh, if you want to call that, um, with the uh, couple defensive linemen that called Rex Rex out on his on on, on his defensive scheme. Um, well, meaning Marcel, the reason why meaning, I meaning Marcel yeah, Darius and Darius and and uh, um. Uh, Mario Williams saying that uh, what the heck are we doing dropping back in coverage when we could be rushing the um, the uh, the, uh, the the quarterback, which is one of our strongest suits, 
and uh, it's causing problems in the back. And it is causing problems in the backside because they don't have any. They're not getting a defensive push in, in the um, quarterback's um, face. Face. And it's causing yeah, and causing uh, issues in the backside. That's why they're they're one of the weakest teams on the defensive side of the ball uh, against the pass because they're not getting a pass rush. Well, I tell you, I tell you this. The reason why I didn't question that is because Rex Ryan has been a proven. Three four, coach, or defensive okay. coach. Period. Okay. Now I, I understand you have to use your weapons accordingly to their mm-hmm. strengths, and rushing Mario Williams and um, we just talked about his name. I can't remember that quick. Marcel um, Darius. Yeah, Marcel Darius, who was a their big defensive um, signing this this off season, um, because their strengths are pass rushing not yep. dropping back in coverage. However, yep. I, I do believe because there are so many issues with the secondary that they need to have some people drop back. Now, Darius, no. I would send Darius all the time. I would then use Mario Williams sporadically as a pass rush, I mean, as a uh, drop back outside linebacker. I would flip him from side to side. Now, would that be a tell that this is the side we're going to rush on and this is the side we're going to, you know, drop back on? Yeah, but at the same time, if you put that into uh, the scheme, you give the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinators something else to think about. Now, for me, for my money, I'd I'd blitz them all. I'd change that 3-4 to a 4-3, and I would let them go. I would let them go. But – at the same time, do you have the backside protection for that? You don't. I don't know what's up with the secondary, but they they just don't have the DBs to do that this year. Um, and Rex is not looking good. So, go ahead. Yeah, Your thoughts um, on the game? My thoughts on the game? I think it's going to be a tight game. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I really don't think it's going to be a shootout. They, they're going to try to limit me in Buffalo. Going to try to limit the run because that's what their strong suit is. Meaning that that Blake Bortles, who has a tendency to throw it to the other team, is going to have to um, put it in the air, and, and to, because that's Buffalo's weakness. But the problem to me is this: I think that Buffalo is going to because Rex Rex does listen to his players. Um, maybe not completely, but he does listen to what's going on with his players. And it's Pope, both his big-time players, Mario Williams, Marcel Darius, to say, what are we doing dropping back? We're pass rushers. We need to pressure the the, um, the quarterback. Pressuring the quarterback, putting hands and, and bodies in the face of the quarterback helps the backside. Helps it does. the backside. And, and if, you, if your weakness is, is a pass, um, you got to put pressure on the – uh, a quarterback to uh, pre- press him to make mistakes, which would help, like I said, the backside. So I think Blake Bortles is going to have more more issues in uh, dealing with the pass rush that's going to come from the Buffalo Bills. And, it, and quite naturally, um, if their strong suit is uh, uh, defending against the run and, and they're going to force Blake Bortles to beat him in the air, um, then it's, it's going to put more pressure on the passing game of 
the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's also going to put more pressure on the backside of uh, the Buffalo Bills to defend against the uh, quick passing that's going to have to come out because of the pass rush of the Buffalo Bills. This is a very difficult game. This is a crucial game, in my opinion, for the Buffalo Bills because obviously in the last week, two big offensive, two big defensive linemen have come out publicly and really called their coach out on his uh, defensive scheme. If they don't win this game and it's got to do something with the defense, um, I think all hell's going to break loose and, and Brexit is going to be on a hot seat. I know it's only a few games into his regime in Buffalo, but th- there could be uh, rumblings of Rex Ryan being questioned on on his defensive scheme, and if he's a defensive guru as he's been so called called all this time, um, mm. and uh, I think it's going to be a problem. I really do. I really do. You got two defensive linemen, and and he pretty much said, "This is what I want to do. This is this is who I need." You got Marcel Darius there, and these guys have been proven. It's not like they haven't been proven that in the in the past. Whoa, they, they've mm. been proven in the past to be. I'm talking about the defense of Buffalo, the strong suit. And if the strong suit is breaking down, it got, it, it got to, it has to point to their defensive-minded head coach who's supposed to be the savior. Jerry, Jerry I, I, we're talking too long on this one, but I'll tell you this. Marcel Darius is a product of Indominican Sioux in the NFL. At the University of Alabama, there were concerns about him and his work ethic and things he could do. But you put him next to Sue, and that becomes a dynamic duo because Darius is that good when he wants to be. So I'm not going to bank my money on saying, okay, well, he's a big-time player. Now, Williams, I will say this, former number one overall pick, um, was doing very well with Houston, um, wanted to come to a 3-4, I mean to a 4-3, or say with a 4-3, and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, he had that in Buffalo. But when you change the scheme, Mario Williams is not that that type of player. He he's in a three four now. And, and a coach. And, but 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 he didn't in he inherited Williams. He didn't go out and get Williams. So of course, if you're going to have a three four, Mario Williams is not a three hundred pounder that's going to be a DN in the NFL for a 3-4. He's a DN because he's, what, 285 or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. He's uh, a DN in a 4-3 scheme, just like Jadavion Clowney. Jadavion Clowney for your team does not need to be an outside linebacker, but that's what he is. He's not big enough to play D-tackle or or, or DN in a 3-4. He's just not. It's not in their makeup. So I, here's what I would say. Jadavion Clowney would be better off going to a different team that plays a 4-3, and he wouldn't be considered a bust because right now he's a bust. Just like Mario Williams, when he left Houston, he was already known as a very good defensive tackle, just didn't live up to expectations. But you put him in a scheme that fits his abilities he will do those things. Now, you're saying it's on, on Rex. Okay, I got you. I follow. But in this game, 
I don't think it's just going to be on Rex's defense. It's going to be on Rex's offense as well. And with Shady and Watkins and all these other guys, because the GM went out and got he got him the groceries, now he's going to, you know, he's going to have to let him cook it. You know, but I, I honestly think in this game it's going to be a very entertaining game. It comes on at, what, 9.30 a.m. Uh, yep. Eastern and 6.30 a.m. where I am. But uh, I don't even know if they're going to play it, but we'll see. But I definitely have um, I have Buffalo winning this game, not just because Rex needs it, but because I think um, Jacksonville is just not going to have enough steam to stay with them. Um, well, let me, ask, let me ask you something. Well, let me ask Go you ahead. something before we move on. Where you're at, um, <laughs> how much access do you have to, to various games? Uh, well, we are able to see maybe three or four games, but we don't get to select them. Um, live, we'll see maybe, yeah, three live games because um, they come on at 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, it's not always the ones that you want to see. Then we get the replays. Uh, but Monday night and Sunday night are live. So um, it, okay. it, it's, a, it's, because, it's a different type of situation. Because the Monday night and Sunday night games uh, are, are played in the morning where you're at. Correct. Yeah, okay. Um, Correct. So – you don't have, and I'm I'm, I'm curious because uh, I've never been to the, to where you're at. Um, they don't have a, a, a direct TV or any kind of satellite dishes there. Am I right about that? Not those services. They, okay. they do not have those services. Okay. But uh, are tapped into um, that type of stuff through our our headquarters that pumps it out. But uh, it is what it is. So let's move on okay. um, to a game that is very interesting to me because somebody's got to win. There could be a tie, <laughs> but somebody's got to win. It's that bad. Go ahead, man. I'm listening. Well, it's not that bad, but I'm just thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well, okay. you know, Minnesota goes to Detroit. Detroit has had the hard knock life. They've mm-hmm. had the hard knock life this season. And I feel bad for Jim Caldwell. Because it's not his fault. He's fielding a decent team. The team is just not, you know, I don't know. The team just isn't performing up to standards. So um, you also have AP. Well, AP in Minnesota, AP hasn't had that good of a year so far. He's had a, a average NFL player season type year but not the AP type of year you know um, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's because he doesn't have the running lanes that he once had um, with that being said a player you like Stefan Diggs I like him too has emerged as the number one target for Teddy Bridgewater opposed to Charles Johnson who came into the season as everybody's uh, darling uh, receiver and Kyle Rudolph, who I thought was going to have a heck of a year, isn't having that big of a year. He's having a decent year, but not that big of a year. Um, 
Megatron. And we talked about this on Thursday, how somebody wanted to trade me Megatron and, and you know, get Gronk for me. And I'm like, I like Megatron. I like Calvin. But he is definitely on his uh, downslope where they're not trying to get him the ball. He's he's like Roddy White right now, getting four or five targets a game, which is terrible, terrible, because he's such a big weapon. Now, I'm not going to blame it on Lombardi. I'm not going to blame it on Lombardi. But I will blame it on this, a lack of a running game. Last couple years, last couple years, I will tell you that with Joyke Bell, Joyke Bell was definitely – um, a a a great weapon for them because it was a power run game. You mixed him in with um, Reggie Bush, and you you knew, okay, well they're gonna line up to stop the run. So let me throw it to Calvin. Let me throw it to Golden. Let me throw it to whomever. But right now, Amir Abdullah is not scaring anyone. Amir Abdullah is simply a player that has potential to be like Reggie Bush, explosive. So what happens? He's fumbling the ball. Joyke Bell isn't fully healthy. So Theo comes in. Well, mm, he might be, but I don't know if he's going to, if it's too late, if it's too late for him to get in there and, and cause havoc. Because Theo Riddick has seen a lot more snaps lately and has gotten the ball a lot more, especially in the passing game. Um, so Minnesota, who has a good rushing attack um, on defense, they're not having that great of a passing attack. So how do you see this game shaking out? Man, this is a tough game. Um, it, it, it's played in um, in uh, um, Detroit. Detroit. And I got to believe this. Uh, last time uh, Adrian Peterson played uh, Detroit, he ran for over 130-something yards. He always has um, Adrian Peterson, meaning always has a pretty good game, games against Detroit. And this Detroit, this, this Minnesota team, um, for the most part, was built to play on the old Minnesota field, meaning a the uh, indoor turf, and uh, I gotta believe that uh, um, they're going to play inside. That uh, uh, Adrian Peterson um, is going to have a, a type of game that he had when he ran for tw- uh, 29 times for 134 yards. Didn't score a touchdown, but uh, um, I gotta believe that uh, they're going to lean on AP, throw the ball to Mike Wallace and the newfound toy that Teddy Bridgewater likes a lot in Stephon Diggs, who happens to be, a, 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 I think, a star in the making in Minnesota, in my opinion. Um, Fifth-round pick that uh, Minnesota had in this last draft. Um, and I, I like Minnesota in this game. Uh, I think that Detroit's still going to have a um, a turnover-prone Matthew, Matthew Stafford who, uh, for the life of me, don't know why, has regressed considerably. Um, and it become very inaccurate. I don't know if it's the offense, the scheme, or, or, or what's going on, but he's become e- 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 very erratic 
uh, and inaccurate, and that's um, hurts the value of the wide receivers, especially Calvin Johnson. And I don't think he's regressed. I think the quarterback, because his inaccuracy, has hurt the passing game in Detroit. Um, uh, and uh, I have to believe that uh, Minnesota is going to pull this game out. I like Minnesota in this game. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next game where we have New Orleans going to Indianapolis. Both teams are struggling, surprisingly. But uh, as I said before, early on in in the preseason, and again, Jerry and everybody said I'm wrong, New Orleans is going to a running uh, offense. Well, when I, when I, you know, said this, you were like, oh, no, Vic, you know what you're talking about. I got the tape to prove it. It's right there. Yeah, you do. Listen to the NFC. It was obvious. It was obvious they were going to a new new type of – they were going to regress back to what they – what they did when they uh, won won the Super Bowl, I even, I even stated that on multiple programs that that the formula that they're going back to is trying to run the football more, and, and that's why they got uh, the center from the uh, Seattle Seahawks to try to stabilize that um, offensive line and to be able to be more physical. Um, so, and that's one reason why they got rid of Jimmy Graham to get that uh, Max Unger. To, to be the center, uh, to be basically the staple for running the football. Now, I did say that they're not they're not going to go away from their passing because that's what they do the best. But they're going to try to run the football first, stable sat to give more passing lanes for Drew Brees to be able to get the ball downfield to whoever he throws to. So, um, I still like this is going to be a shootout. Shootout. I have to believe they got two quarterbacks, uh, one that's going to try to run the ball first, uh, but both of them prolific passers uh, with some decent weapons on both sides of the ball. Uh, I have to believe that because Indy is playing home, that quite naturally they're a favorite, and I like Indy in this game. Um, and now I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Okay. Well, I think Andrew Luck is going to get over his mini slump and be the one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL like he was supposed to be. Um, the worst is, is over for now, for Indianapolis, that is. Um, the problem I see here is they need to establish Frank Gore. They need to just give him the rock 20 times in this game and going into the future. To set up T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief, uh, Andre Johnson, who went back into hiding witness protection <laughs> uh, now that Matt Hasselback is not quarterbacking. Um, no, that, that's not. And the Kobe Fleener. Well, they're not. They're not scheming for him. They're, they're not you making only, plays. What? What? I, I, not to interrupt you, but I'm gonna give you this just really quick. Uh, and I, so you are trying to interrupt I, me. No, 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 <laughs> uh, no but I, am, but I am interrupting you, but before a specific reason, and I will back off again. Um, Andre Johnson, it, and it was quite obvious, and I uh, didn't pick up on it, and, and that was my fault. Um, went back to Houston, and that's his only big game. And yep. regardless of who the quarterback was going to be, you knew that 
uh, Andre Johnson was going to be featured in that game because of factors where he came from. Um, and it happened to be a division rival. So uh, the it, that one of the receivers in, in, in Indianapolis was going to take a back seat and happened to be Dante Moncrief uh, and have to, would have to succeed, uh, succeed to uh, um, Andre Johnson because they wanted to make sure that he had a big game to make him feel better. Um, before and after that, he has been a no-show, basically. So um, for those who played him in daily – uh, and benefited from him that week. That was a smart move for those who played him in fantasy, uh, the weekly fantasy leagues. That was a smart move to play him because you knew that uh, um, that he was going to be featured. But that that has come and gone. He'll probably be featured again when they play Houston again. But uh, for you Andre Johnson fans, he's only a flex or a bet a wide receiver for. I wouldn't even go there, but. You know, it is what it is. So, well, with that being a lot said, a lot, lot, lot of receivers are on buys, so if you're looking for somebody like that, uh, this is a guy that uh, may pick up six, six or seven, maybe eight points, uh, but he's not going to have a big, uh, any big uh, games like he had that one week when he played Houston. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I agree with you 110% there. Um but I think that Houston, not Houston, that uh, Indianapolis has a good chance of putting a donut up on New Orleans. Um, the reason why I say that is because Rob Ryan's defense showed up one week and disappeared for the rest. But at the same time, um, I do believe they need to give Indianapolis a steady diet of Mark Ingram, not just because I have more fantasy leagues, but because I think he, C.J. Spiller, Robinson, are are a very deadly threesome. And Sean Payton has made them all valuable to the team as well as fantasy owners. Mr. Sneed, um, you know, I love no one's scared of him, but nobody's scared of him. He's getting a lot of one-on-one coverage. Losing some, losing a lot, though. Um, Marquise Colston, I don't know why he's – well, one, he's older. Two, he's been dropping the ball a lot. Uh, I've seen him drop several passes that hit him like square in his hands or in, or in his chest. Um, but the passing attack is not really there for New Orleans as it once was with Jimmy Graham and the other guys. So uh, I, too, pick Indianapolis in this game. Um, fantasy value is, in my opinion, solely on the uh, – Colts side, Drew Brees does have some value here only because he has to. Only because he has to. That's the only uh, reason. You know, he he has to be the one spark for that team, uh, throwing screens and all that other stuff. So fantasy value-wise, I don't see much from New Orleans, wow. Ingram, and Brees. Really? I really don't. Not wow. in this game. Not in this game. I wow. think Vontae Davis. I think Vontae Davis – Take care of Snead. Um, I think uh, if they do run the ball, that's going to do what DeQuill Jackson likes to do best, hit people. DeQuill Jackson can't cover anybody. So if they're going to feature Ben Watson again, I think Lowry will probably um, cover him, and that will take him out of the equation. Um, That leaves Marquise Colston, who has had the drops. So C.J. Spiller will get involved and other folks. But other than that, I don't see much. 
Okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, whether it's good That's or bad. That's right. And yours is always bad. But let's go. <laughs> we'll see. Pittsburgh. Go ahead. Oh, come on, dude. Really? We can talk about that, too. You're going against my entire bench. Literally, I could care less. That's management. But, uh, that's management. That's management. Speaking of that. That's management. Speaking of that, Pittsburgh sir. has its third quarterback starting this year mm. uh, because management decided, hey, we need to go out and get another quarterback because we didn't think he was ready. Michael Vick came in, didn't do too bad, but he didn't do too well either. Now he's injured. And the OU product, my alma, well, I haven't graduated yet, but my alma mater uh, has another quarterback in the NFL. And uh, he came in the second half of uh, last week's game and pulled the victory out for them. Yep. Yep. Now here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown will get targeted a lot. Trust that. Believe that. Martavius Bryant did uh, an excellent job last week in his uh, his debut for the season, and he was looked at a lot. Le'Veon Bell didn't do too much, but uh, that's because the box was stacked against him. But he still had like 84 yards, I think. With that being yep. said, you're going against a Kansas City Chiefs team that is down on its luck. Yep. Huh? They are worst down team, on their one, luck. One of the worst teams offensively and one of the worst teams against the pass defensively. And you lose Jamal Charles for the year. Uh, yep. Your boy Chadwick West or Chadun, I don't know his name. Ch- C- Ch- West. Chikandrick. Chikandrick. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. Ch- Chattanooga, Tennessee, West, whatever. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he was like. That's what he was like last Come on, week. Man. Invisible. He was invisible. And okay. that was a game that he could have been very, very visible and active. And for whatever reason, he wasn't. The running game for Kansas City went nowhere last week versus Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's you know, pretty stout against the run. That Minnesota's is, that is true. Stout. Okay. But, just, just, but know that. just know that. I got you. But you don't give him the ball. But like seven or eight times, he killed a bunch of fantasy owners last week. You know, it, Andy Reid killed a lot of fantasy owners last week, and it wasn't a game where you had to throw the ball a lot. Um, so him, Niles Diggs, uh, not Diggs, Niles Davis, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sold on that running back by committee in Kansas City, not at all. If anything, I really think that Niles Davis should be the starting back, but I'm not the head coach, and West is. So uh, we'll see what happens with that situation. But they're going against – they're hosting Pittsburgh. And this is a not a rookie quarterback. He's been in the league a couple years, I believe. No, this is his first year. Um, but his first start in Kansas City. Weather hasn't been uh, bad, so it hasn't changed yet. But a big uh, storm is coming, a hurricane, the biggest one record is going to hit Texas and remnants will be uh, hitting Kansas City or Missouri. So there could be some very inclement weather there. In my opinion, that plays well for Pittsburgh 
because then Le'Veon Bell and the offensive line can get the ball down the field slowly, take the crowd out of the game, and take the pressure off of the quarterback to try to get the ball to Antonio Bryant or, I mean, excuse me, Antonio Brown or Martavius Bryant. Um, Jeremy Macklin, I'm sorry, his value has significantly dropped. Um, not that he was the top tier wide receiver to begin with, but with Jamal Charles in in there, he would at least see some one-on-ones. He and uh, Kelsey would uh, be valuable, but without a strong running game or threat at the running back position, both players have dipped quite a bit, in my opinion. Um, unfortunately for Kansas City, they have to host Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Pittsburgh goes in here and uh, runs the rock against that very bad run defense, which I'm very surprised at, and uh, somewhat decent pass defense. But I think their pass defense is worse than their run defense. Um, very I think Pittsburgh much so. goes in here. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh goes into to Kansas City and uh, wins this game. What do you have? I have this. Kansas City – in Kansas City, it's supposed to be about 62 degrees and clear. Um, so they're going to have almost ideal weather to play this football game. Until um, the remnants comes. Well, right now it's supposed to be clear. So it, it, I'm looking at the NFL.com uh, weather forecast, and it's telling me that it's going to be about 62 degrees and clear. So that's almost pro- football weather uh, to play this game. And uh, – but the but the storm coming from Pittsburgh is the Steelers uh, uh, with a very anemic offense and a suspect pass defense in Kansas City. Uh, the Steelers are um, are going to be on a, a roll, especially the conference builder from last week uh, on Landry Jones and what he did uh, with uh, his his time that he played and brought that t- Steelers team back to, to grab a victory from the Arizona Cardinals. There's no reason why I can take the Kansas City Chiefs, who, um, with Alex Smith at the helm, absolute refuses to throw the ball down the field. I'm talking about passing. Excuse me, a passing attack that likes to throw the ball ten yards and 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 um, less down the field, uh-huh. uh, and which it will not go with this high high octane offense in in the Steelers, who. Like I said earlier in the year, or in preseason, that they're a young defense, and as each week, excuse me, as each each week progresses, they're going to gain that much more experience and be that much better from the beginning of the season going toward the end of the season, uh, and which has proven me right. This this defense is getting better week to week with more experience, um, and it is uh, gaining strides on the offense, and they're going to be a tough out if they get a chance to get in the playoffs. Um, the offense being as, as it is with Ben Roxburger coming back within the next week or so, and that defense getting stronger. Um, lot, very good team, balanced team on both sides of the ball, and the Chiefs are going to suffer um, uh, defeat this week with the Pittsburgh Steelers walking out of, of Kansas City with a win. I agree with you 110% there. Let's go to another game that – you might not be too happy with, quite honestly, and that's Houston yeah, going to Miami. Um, I know. Well, listen, I, I don't know. I'm I not. think, I think. Here's my opinion. 
Um, Miami is supposed to have been one of the very best teams in the NFL. Totally, totally saw that coming uh, at the beginning of the season. I think that they purposefully, the players that is, purposefully did not perform up to to the standard in order to make sure that Joe Philbin was no longer a head coach. Because if you saw how they played, they played inspired last week. Yes, Cameron they did. Wake, Cameron Wake turned out to be the player that I predicted him to be all preseason. I think he had like and, and three I, sacks. Yes, yes. And and Mr. FSP, when I heard that and when I saw the way Cameron Wake was performing, um, I was thinking of you. I was thinking of what you said. I said, I, I know we can't wait to talk about this because the fact is it seemed like <laughs> Cameron Wake came awake. Woke Let me up. put it that way. He woke up. Woke, he woke up. up. Yes, yes. So I, I got to believe that um, they were trying. Now I was, And I can't say that they were doing this on purpose. I think they weren't playing inspired football because of their head coach and because of uh, the the style of the head coach. Uh, which was like a science teacher versus the type of guy. And I said this, you need a guy that's fiery. You need, in this day and age, you need a guy that's high energy and, and uh, um, ins- that is a, 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 the type of coach that can inspire players, that there's a no-nonsense coach, that you could tell that this was going to happen. It was It was plain as a nose on your face. You could tell that this was going to happen when a coach – brings out the Oklahoma drill in a practice, his first practice as being the interim head coach. You know that he was sending a message. This is how we want to play. And and regardless of raised eyes, but it woke up the younger players on his team and it sent the message to the um, veterans. Vets. I'm a, I'm a no nonsense coach. I want to play physical football, bring your best a game out because if you don't, you're not going to play. And obviously, the last game they played, the first game as a head coach, they, this is the Miami Dolphins, in my opinion, that Dolphins fans were looking for and so-called experts were looking for in the beginning of the season, and it had to take a firing to bring it out of them, and I, I expect this has happened week to week going forward. Well, we'll see. We will see. Um Cameron Wake woke up, and I feel bad yep. for Mr. Hoyer. Yeah, um, I'm having to play Hoyer in, in a couple of leagues because of bye week issues. But Indominican Sue is has played, you know, monstrous all season. Now right. his running mate, Cameron Wake, is is woken up. Uh, then you got Brent Grimes out there, uh, Olivier on the other side, Jelani Jenkins performing. The yep. defense is there. The, yep. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. To be quite honest, if Lamar Miller can get them 70 yards on the ground, average 70 yards on the ground, I think Ryan Tannenhill, and I do not like Ryan Tannenhill, ladies and gentlemen. I don't. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I think he's a a suitable quarterback. Um, but Ryan Tannehill can get Jarvis Landry the ball. He can also get Cameron Jordan the ball. A lot of people have given up on Cameron Jordan. Um, Jordan I for Jordan, one have Jordan, 
Jordan Cameron. Jordan Cameron. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jordan Cameron. A lot of people have given up on Jordan Cameron. I have not, only because I know what type of quarterback he has. And once they're no longer, I'm talking about Miami, in a situation where Tannehill has to win the game, right? They'll do well. And that defense, the defense is is you know what? Um, we're going to be for real. Houston, on the other hand, they're dealing with a whole Ooh. bunch of injuries. Um, we don't know if, if your boy, Arian Foster, is going to be able to, to stay in the whole game. Um, even though he looked good, he looked good the past couple of weeks. Um, but at the same time, the offensive line has been kind of shaky. And surprisingly, surprisingly, the defense has not been that good. I was very surprised by that. You know, Ooh. when you got J.J. Watt, Vince Wilford up front, your boy Jadavion Clowney, you got Jonathan Joseph on the backside, yeah, you're ooing because you know I'm telling the truth. You know, Ooh, I know you're telling the truth, yes. You're absolutely so, right. So for this to be a home game for Houston, there's going to be a problem. I think there's going to be a huge problem. What are your thoughts? Well, it's in Miami. It's in Miami. Oh, it's in my, it's I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miami. It's, it's, in, it's in Miami, and – uh, you know, the, you know the phrase I'm about to come out of here with Houston. We got a problem. We mm-hmm. do have a problem. Um, and and I don't know if we solved the quarterback problem, even though he's been playing well ever since uh, uh, I think three weeks ago, um, uh, and, and when he was inserted into the lineup after um, Ryan Mallett uh, got hurt. Um, but the problem is with it's with the defense. It seems like, uh, and I don't know if it's the same situation as in Miami, where the defense wasn't playing inspired football because the um, lack of offensive talent – let me put it this way. I just say lack of offensive talent because they had talent. I'm talking about Miami. But lack of, of offensive efficiency and, and, and uh, being able to, to move the football and get some points. And I think that hurt Miami's defense. The defense was feeding off the offense, and it wasn't, wasn't happening. And I think that's why the uh, coach got fired. I'm not saying that uh, the coach is getting fired in Houston, but it seems like the uh, defense is really – it, I don't know what's going on with the defense. Uh, I'm, I don't know if it's the uh, the calls with the uh, Romeo Cornell. I don't know if it's the defensive talent. Um, it, it has to be the not, talent because Romeo's calling the same defenses that he did last year when they were dominant. It's just the lack of talent. I'm telling you, Davion Clowney is in the wrong system. That's what yeah, it is. Well, He's in the absolute well, I mean, wrong I, I, system. I, I, I can't believe it's just one guy because that one guy hasn't really been in the lineup um, in the, on a consistent basis, and they've still been uh, lacking the defensive prowess they had last year. Uh, I'm torn because this is my team, um, um, and, and I do believe in my team, uh, but I'm being realistic. Uh, the way I saw Miami play last last week, uh, on the road, they weren't playing. They played in Tennessee, uh, which Tennessee had the tendency to be a decent defense. Um, but they they showed that uh, Miami played inspired football. I gotta believe them going home that they're still going to have that uh, that inspired football, uh, especially with this coach who who doesn't want them to let let up and going to play a physical type of game. I really don't want to go against my team, but I'm being realistic here. And uh, you're probably going to say, "Oh no, he's he, he's going to go with Houston because it, that's his team." No. I can't do it. No, I can't I mean, do you're it. You're smart. 
I can't. I, I got to go with Miami because I I, I do believe that um, the Miami Dolphins are go, are the better team. I think they have the better talent and, and on both sides of the ball. I think they got the better talent, with the exception of maybe the running back, and that's that's close. But the exceptional wide receiver, who's the number one wide receiver now, DeAndre Hopkins, um, I got to believe they have the overall team talent is better in Miami than it is uh, in Houston. I got to go with Miami. Okay. Uh, well, let's go to the next game real quick. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. would be your other team taking on the New England Patriots. Stop it. The New Come York on, Jets. stop it, man. Stop it. Well, yeah. The New York Jets traveled to New England, and Tom mm-hmm. Brady's been hot along with the the rest of the Patriots. Uh, the difference here is, that the Jets came are coming off of a victory over the Redskins where they mm-hmm. let the Redskins stay in it for three quarters. Um, and that's not a good sign because with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback, the Jets should have ran the ball, which they did because Chris Ivory had a very good game. But they should have ran the rock solely down the Redskins' throat, even though they are very, very good versus the run. Um, but at the same time, you have got to – uh, set the tone. Ryan Fitzpatrick ran for 18-yard touchdown. That's not going to happen against the Patriots. Brandon Marshall had a hell of a game versus the Redskins. Uh, that will happen versus the Patriots. But the person that didn't show up that I thought needed to show up was Eric Decker. So here's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a very good matchup. If Eric Decker can show up to this game, and they get him the ball, the Jets will win. And, and yes, I said the Jets will win. Brandon Marshall gets his his usual touches. Um, Ivory gets his touches. Fitzpatrick isn't called upon to win the game. But Eric Decker needs to be that other guy on the other side to to do something. Because Malcolm Butler, listen, for all of his prowess for, for that one play in the Super Bowl, he went from the third cornerback to the number one cornerback. Got it. He did a decent job versus Antonio Brown in week one, but Antonio Brown still had over 100-plus yards receiving. Brandon Marshall is going to destroy him, okay? He's going to destroy him. That means that Eric Decker can also uh, go against their number two cornerback and defeat him. Now, they're going to need him to show up because Tom Brady and Gronk are going to be crazy along with Julian Edelman. Edelman is a PPR machine. He might not get you like the the eight or nine touchdowns a season you need, but he's going to get you touches and he's going to get you yards. So with that being said, New England's defense is not that good. I want you to understand what I'm saying. They are not that good. The reason why they are, are ranked high is because Tom Brady and them put so many points on the board that a team um, has to throw the ball, and they abandoned the run. LeGarrette Blunt, he came back this, this past week. Um, sorry, all you Deion Lewis owners and stuff like that. That's why I don't like messing with Bill Belichick and his fantasy uh, football issues because he doesn't like fantasy football. And he does whatever he can to screw you in your running back position. Um, but in this game, uh, this is a LeGarrette Blunt type game. In my opinion, Deion Lewis would be great for it, but 
I think it's going to be a smash mouth in your face type of game. And I see New England winning it, but close. And just just a reminder, just a reminder, Geno Smith is uh, coming back in a week or two. Will he get the job, or is it going to be no. Fitzpatrick's? Well, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. Go ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead, JT. Well, let me put the, put a little stat here, and I thought, saw this on the NFL Network that uh, Michael Fabiano brought out, and I thought this was very, very interesting. And I'm trying to get this, trying to exactly get this right. Julian Edelman has not scored a touchdown against the New York Jets in New England. I think it's the last five games, if not more. Um, and he's going up against, you guessed it, the island, Revis Island. Like Julian Edelman in this game, um, I really don't. I mean, he may get his catches. I don't think he gets into the end zone. Um, this is a Danny Amendola who's going up against probably Antonio Cromartie uh, type of game, uh, and um, Gronkowski. It, it this the passing defense is probably the the, the best the Jets have had in quite a while, uh, and you have to understand that. Uh, Mr. Revis, I know he's just one person, knows the ins and outs of the Patriots' offense because he's been there. He's going up against Gronkowski because uh, um, Gronkowski has said that Darrell Revis has guarded me at times in in practice when he was with the uh, New England Patriots. Not because I'm a previous Jet fan. That has nothing to do with my assessment because I just went against my team in Miami. <laughs> so, so, it has, oh. so, so, so it has nothing to do with that. Trust me when I say this. I, but, I, but I do know the history, and I do know the histrionics of, behind both of these teams and how they match up against each other. Sometimes it's a blowout. Sometimes it's close games. But that's with Rex Ryan. Talking about Todd Bowles, who in my opinion is a better – and I'll say this, and most people probably don't like it, is a better defensive coordinator and a de- better defensive-minded coach and a better coach than Rex Ryan, in my opinion, and got this team focused. Uh, uh, um, humble football, but playing sound defensive football. They're going to New England. The Jets are 4-1. The, the uh, New England Patriots, 5-0, and undefeated. I think the Jets come out of here with a win. It's going to be extremely close, extremely close, because these two teams uh, were going to a good offense versus a very good defense. Um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to one of the weekend's matchups I'm looking forward to is the New England Patriots versus uh, the New York Jets because of the actual opposites of what the strength of these two teams are. I like the Jets to come out of here with a, a hard-fought win. I am extremely surprised. No, I'm not. It's your team. Let's move on. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I'm, All right. I'm, I'm trying to be extremely ob- objective today, but not subjective to whoever's playing. I'm trying to be extremely but, but, objective. I, I understand that. I understand that, Jerry. But you wouldn't need to say that unless you had a bias for the Jets. You're being I don't, objective. I don't have I'm looking at the, what, what, I, what I've seen from the, the Jet team. They can match points, believe it or not. They can match points with the New England Patriots, regardless of what's been taking place for the last oh, few I weeks. Oh, I agree. With New England, they can match points. And the, the, the deciding factor in these two teams, who's got the better defense, whether it's up front or on the backside? And it's obviously 
leans to me, in my opinion, the Jets. That's that's the deciding factor in here, and that's why I picked the Jets. I know a lot of people pick the New England Patriots because they are average on on the offensive side of the ball, uh, almost damn near forty points, like thirty six, thirty seven points a game. I don't think that happens, mm-hmm. and and I think that the deciding factor is the defense. So it is what it is. Oh, I agree. Listen, you, you get no argument out of me. That's why I said if Eric Decker shows, yes, the he has Jets to will win. He has to show. The Jets will win if he shows mm-hmm. up. That's my yep. opinion. Let's yep. move on to Cleveland at St. Louis. Now, um, McCown has had to throw for 400 yards or better the past couple <laughs> weeks um, yep. to keep Johnny Menzel on the bench because Cleveland does not rock. But but Mr. Benjamin, Private Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> Good one, man. Go, I like that. <laughs> he. He, on the other hand, has shown up regardless. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't like Duke Johnson in this uh, game. I don't like uh, Isaiah Crowell. I don't like a lot of Cleveland players in this game. Um, coming off of a bye week, Mr. Fisher has a, a feast in front of him. So does Todd Gurley. Now, oh, surprisingly, I'm saying this. I'm saying this surprisingly. Because Cleveland is usually known for its stout run defense. Now, Todd Gurley, yeah, I know. But Todd Gurley looks like he has the goods um, to the point that I've seen (laughs) several people. I've seen several people trade some big-name players in favor of keeping Todd Gurley um, or getting Todd Gurley. now, St. Louis does not have the easiest schedule remaining, but it's not the hardest either. So uh, what I will tell you is they're at home. They're coming off a bye week. Todd yep. Gurley is a beast. Uh, beast. Foyles, yeah, Foyles looks like he can, uh, once that running game comes to full fruition, he can get the ball to Brian Quick. He can get the ball to Kenny Britt who's disappeared a little bit, and Lance Kendricks, and a few other folks can benefit. But a guy called out several years ago, or a couple years ago, um, Tavon Austin is starting to show up too. So in this game, I'm looking f- – I, I will say this, and I probably nah, – no, I'm not going to regret it. Todd Gurley is going to be your rushing leader at the end of the week. He's going to ha- have the highest rushing total this week. And I'm picking St. Louis to hold a court and win this game. JT. I am in one of my leagues, believe it or not, one of my leagues, I, I, I traded for Todd Gurley, um, I think week two, week three, somewhere around there. Him, I, I packaged uh, Montavious Bryant and Justin Forsett, and I got Todd Gurley, and I forget who else I got. I think Dante Moncrief, if I'm not mistaken, from um, – uh, from uh, another owner uh, in the league, and uh, uh, with the with the anticipation and the risk that Todd Gurley would be the real deal, I saw him week week the work, first week when he ran uh, sporadically w- w- in combination with uh, uh, Trey Mason. First game back didn't do too much, um, and I didn't expect it. The the next week after that, which was week um, four. He ran for over 140 yards or something like that, 
And I, I'm saying, wow, this kid is the real deal. And I think it was a pretty stout defense he ran against, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he ran well. Uh, and hasn't scored a touchdown yet. He ran for 159 yards in week five. And I'm saying, wow, this kid, eight months, nine months off of uh, ACL surgery, and he's doing this. And uh, the, the last week before he went to the bye week, he took off his knee brace in practice and ran without a knee brace, and I think, in the game. And I'm saying to myself, well, now he's gotten a week healthier with the bye week, and now he's coming up against one of the worst run defenses in Cleveland off a of bye week and playing at home. This is kids the real deal. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so happy that I have him uh, uh, paired with Adrian Peterson on my lineup and I also have sitting on the bench and I'm I'm hoping this kid uh finally gets himself together and Ed Lacey. Um trio of three running backs going forward I'm I'm ecstatic about um what and I think <laughs> in my nephew's league I, I have Adrian oh Peterson my gosh. Todd Gurley Eddie Lacey and if Eddie Lacey doesn't perform I have his backup in James Stark sitting on my lineup right now. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm I'm so ecstatic and I and, and check this out, Vic. I'm getting off course here, but check this out. I've been trying to trade Ed, Ed Lacy and James Stark as a package to pick up uh, whoever I want, and no one wants to take him. No one wants to take that combination oh, wow. of Ed Lacy and, and James Starks. Um, I've been trying to pick him up for whoever, and, and no one wants to take. I can't believe it, but. So be it. I'll keep him on my lineup uh, because if I don't think Ed Lacey is, is, is all that, I know James Starks is in that in that offense. Um, so it is what it is. In this game, there's no way I can take the Cleveland Browns visiting the St. Louis Rams. I like St. Louis big in this game, even though right. their quarterback is shaky. Okay. Well, let's move on. Um mm-hmm. Atlanta goes to Tennessee, and listen, ladies and gentlemen, um, I would not normally tell you to do this, but I am. Play Atlanta's defense. Why? Because <laughs> you have a quarterback, not Marcus Mariota. Nope. You got uh, Met- Metzenberger, I believe his yep. name is. I might be wrong. Uh, he's starting. Right, you got it right. Yeah, he's starting in this game. Tennessee already does not have a run game with Bishop Sankey or Andrews, or anybody else. Um, I honestly think that Devontae Freeman is going – he's been on a tear. He has been on a tear. Um, he does not want to give the job back to Tevin Coleman. Um, so Devontae Freeman might get, you know, two, three more touchdowns in this game. He's already the touchdown leader with 11 in the NFL. Um, that has actually hurt Roddy White owners – um, Julio Jones hasn't had to work as hard lately because he had, he does have an injury, but he might be uh, he might get in the end zone a couple times this game. Now, what does that mean for Matt Ryan owners? This would if if Mariota was playing, I would say this would be a prime time game for uh, Matt Ryan owners. But I see a lot of handoffs. I don't see too many big big plays coming out of Atlanta, but I do see them uh, beating up badly in Tennessee. Uh, maybe putting a 40-burger up. 
Um, and that being mainly through the run game. Uh, but with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to JT because we don't have that much time, and we've got about five games left to cover. Okay. Um, right off the bat, I, I tell you, I like Atlanta in this game. I don't think it's going to be a, <clears throat> a big blowout, <clears throat> but I think Atlanta's going to win this. And and just as a a, a side note here, in the same league that I, that I have these the two running backs I talked about, three running backs I talked about, a trade just went down um, yesterday in, in my league, which I was extremely surprised about. Uh, it, it, it was um, accepted two days ago, went down, uh, actually was completed. Devontae Freeman was traded for these three, three, these three players. So one, one team gave up Rob Gronkowski, Martavius Bryant, and Justin Forsett for one player in Devontae Freeman. How crazy is that? Uh, I, I, that sounds like a type of deal I would like to have. Um, I know. But <laughs> but uh, no, you, you, like, you, you like to strip people of everything, but that's okay. No, I that's, don't. That's... No, I, no, I don't. <laughs> Not really. But, I mean, that the guy that got Gronk, really best player in the position, you got Martavius Bryant, just got back, who is a big play receiver, and Justin Forsett, who is serviceable, I mean, he could be pretty good coming toward the end of their season because their schedule isn't that difficult. Um, but, you know, all for Freeman, who's hot right now. He's right. hot. How hot can mm-hmm. he remain? You know, right now I have him starting in one of my leagues over. Now, in this league, I have the best set of running backs ever put together in fantasy history. And you can say I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I have Freeman. AP Shady and DeMarco Murray. Uh that's not that's not the best ever, but that's a pretty good lineup. You know, well, coupled with my other with, with my receivers, Allen Robinson and uh Brandon Marshall, Carson Palmer quarterback, Delaney Walker and Julius Thomas. Uh I think I'm pretty good there. But anyway, well, let me let me, I, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. And, and since you named that, since you named that lineup, I'm going to name you my lineup, my best lineup that I have. Um, and, and I'm really proud of this lineup because I did a couple of trades to, to get this lineup to where I want it. And I haven't. We have a we have a ten limit trade, so you can't you only can trade ten times in this league. And I've I've traded five times, and this is the lineup I have. I'm not a, Carson Palmer is my quarterback. Okay. Then I have Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald, Dante Moncrief. Greg Olson and, and and Antonio Gates are my two two tight ends, along with um, Eddie, Eddie Lacy, like I said, James Starks, uh, Willie Sneed, uh, Stephon, Stephon Diggs, and, and your boy from uh, two guys from Washington, James Crowder and Chris Thompson. I think that's a pretty damn good lineup. It's okay. It's all right. I'm not going to Yeah, it's all right. Is I, it, I like it's it. better than what you just named out. I tell you that. Oh no, it is I, not. No, it absolutely. is not. Not at all. Absolutely. But we don't have time. We don't have time to debate on that one. But but okay. you're wrong. No so <laughs> let's yeah, move okay. on to a game that that could be the coming out party for Jameis Winston. Um, Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Washington Redskins. Levy really? Smith said. Levy Smith has said enough of this BS run the ball. And 
the muscle hamster has shown up in the past couple weeks. Uh, they've taken the ball out of Jameis Winston's hands and put it into Doug Martin's hands. Now, okay. Doug doesn't have a very good track record versus the skins. Um, but uh, Mr. Evans had his coming out party, uh, I believe, last year versus the Redskins. Um, now, can the Redskins defense cluster Jameis Winston to the point that he throws his typical two to three interceptions? I say yes, but will they give him the opportunity, Tampa Bay that is, give him the opportunity to do so? Um, I don't know. I think if you're smart, you're going to let Jameis Winston throw the ball to Vincent Jackson, who has gone into witness protection. You're going to let him throw to Mike Evans. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins was supposed to come back this week, but he's listed as out. Doug Martin is there. Uh, the, The whole point of this is what I'm getting to. The Redskins DBs are not good. Rashad Breeland, He's good. Last year, he stepped up big time. This year, um, he's regressed slightly. But the other side isn't good at all. So when I look at that, I say, okay, well, I have two six foot five wide receivers who can jump out of the gym. I have a quarterback who throws a very good deep ball. I have a safety who can't re- – well, two safeties because um, my guy uh, uh, Dante Hitner or Whitner – He's a good hitter. He's not a good cover safety. Right, right. Um, So I'm attacking the passing side of this uh, Redskins defense. Now, on the flip side, Tampa Bay's defense is not as good as I thought it would be. Um, And I'm quite sure Levy's not happy with that. But if, 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 and I posted something on my Facebook page this week about how uh, Jay Gruden has protected – Kirk Cousins by yeah, running the ball, right? By running the ball, and that's yep. something that is true. They've ran the ball way more times than uh, they ever did with RG three uh, under Jay Gruden. Okay, they've given the ball to not just uh, Alfred Morris, but Matt Jones and and Chris Thomas. And Chris Thomas might not even play this week, so Matt Jones might be in on third downs. But the point is, you give him the rock and you let him run, you're going to protect Kurt because Kurt is a turnover machine. In this game, that is what they need to do. They need to run Alfred Morris 20 times. They need to run uh, um, uh, Jones, Matt Jones, 15 times. Okay? 35 to 40 run plays this game. Because I'm telling you, it's a home game. They don't want to hear RG3's name chanted. RG3 suited up for the first time this season as a backup last week, only because uh, uh, Colt McCoy was hurt, which is dumb and stupid in my opinion, because to me, RG3 is the best quarterback on the team. I don't care if people didn't like what he said. I didn't agree with him saying it when he did, but it's true. Um, but I guarantee you, as soon as Kurt makes a mistake in this game at home, you're going to hear a bunch of RG3 chants, and that's going to hurt Kurt's confidence, 
and he's going to go out and do things that he does not normally do, and it could cause the Redskins a game. However, I'm not being a homer. What I am saying, though, is if they run the rock almost 40 times in this game, like they did against St. Louis, who's a very good run defense, they'll win the game. We've got 90 seconds, four games left to go. JT, quickly tell the folks, what do you think is going to happen in this game before we go to overtime? I like I, I like Washington in this game. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, and uh, see, I do I do pick your team when I think they're going to win. I like Washington. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I want to tell you right now that it's going to be overtime for JT and myself as we uh, take on – the last four games, Oakland at San Diego, Dallas at the Giants, Philly at Carolina, Baltimore at Arizona. Um, stick and stay with us. We're here every Saturday on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out the master plan with JTATM Money. Um, I might be on it tomorrow. Depends on what happens uh, for me tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I like getting on here and helping my guy out because he helps me out big, big time when he's not stealing my social media uh, access to these sites. But with that being didn't, said, didn't do, I know you done did. on purpose. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I, well, it's linked to you. It's linked to your Twitter. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I want to thank you guys for listening to us. We're going to go into overtime and take on these games. And uh, go to our spot, spotonradios.com. Shoot us some email. It's there. And uh, – Listen to what we got going on and see what we got going on. FanDuel, DraftKings, thanks. FanDuel might be going out of business, might be going out of business, which sucks for them and folks that that deal with FanDuel, only because some guy wanted to go to DraftKings and he won a ship load of money. Terrible insider trading. We'll talk about that in overtime too. All right, we're in overtime, JT. Um, So let's go over these four games real quick, and then I want to talk briefly about that situation with FanDuel and uh, Mac Williams, okay? So, mm-hmm. Oakland goes to San Diego, which Phillip Rivers is the top quarterback in the NFL, throwing for four or 500 yards a game. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you right now. Brandon Oliver will become the number one running back in San Diego. I saw it in the preseason. I even drafted Brandon Oliver in a lot of leagues, but I guess Mike McCoy said, you know what? Hey, we spent all this this, this high draft pick on a, on old boy from Wisconsin. I got to give him a shot. Well, old boy from Wisconsin, I can't even remember his name. Uh, Melvin Gordon has not – yeah, Melvin Gordon has not performed at all. And when he has got in, he's been stifled, and then he gets injured, leaves the game, comes back in the game. Brandon Oliver is their starting running back. They have a running back by committee with him and um, and uh, Woodhead, but they have no running game. So Phillip has to throw for four or five hundred yards a game. Um, with uh, what's the receiver? Uh, geez, I just Kenan, had Allen. Keenan yeah, Allen. Keenan Allen possibly not playing this game. Eddie Royal or, or not Eddie Royal? Stevie Johnson returns, and uh, Antonio Gates becomes even more valuable to this passing league, along with Ladarius Green. I would play both tight ends if I could in, in the leagues because they're going to get a lot of passes. 
Um, so will uh, Antonio Gates is is uh, dealing with an MCL sprain. Uh, he's he's um, questionable to doubtful that he'll play because of his MCL sprain. He hasn't practiced all week, um, so uh, it, it may be the Darius Green show. Yes, yeah, Darius Green. And with that mm-hmm. being said, you know they're taking on an Oakland team that's coming off a of bye week, and Latavius Murray's had time to, to rest. You know, David Carr's had time to rest. Uh, I I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I think Oakland actually pulls out the victory in this um, because I I, because I think they're going to run the rock with Latavius Murray. And I think uh, Phillip is going to have a hard time throwing against his secondary. So with that being said, (laughs) real quickly, JT, go ahead. One of the worst – um, teams. In fact, I think they're the worst team against the tight end, which happens to be the Oakland Raiders. Um, that's why a lot of teams, uh, a lot of people in fantasy have been playing the uh, whoever tight end they have against the Raiders because it, it, it's fantasy gold. Uh, one of the worst teams against the run is the San Diego Chargers. That's why uh, Latavius Murphy is, is highly touted to, to put him in your, in your lineups because of uh, the uh, worst defensive uh, against the run, which is the San Diego Chargers. But one of the best teams defending the pass in fantasy is the San Diego Chargers. So this is going to be a very interesting game. It's played in uh, San Diego. Uh, Phillip Rivers uh, doesn't have a very good offensive line, and and the uh, Oakland Raiders have a pretty good pass rush, just like Mr. FSP. Um, I don't pick uh, uh, on on this show. We pick winners and losers. I like the Oakland Raiders, just like FSP, to win this game, believe it or not. There we go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. FSP isn't wrong. Just just know that. Oh, I'm not wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, I, my I, God. I am uh, the Magnificent. God. I really you know, am. You're full of yourself, what? but that's okay. That's a different story. You're full of yourself, but that's okay. It's all right. I mean, I thought I was good, you know. I just thought I was good. <laughs> you're, a le- you're a legend in your own mind, but that's beside the point. But I'm a legend nonetheless. <laughs> in your own okay. mind. <laughs> so Talk moving on, moving on, we've got uh, Dallas at, at the Giants. You briefly talked about this on um, on Thursday's show. And um, as I said before, I believe Dallas is a good team, but at New York the best team out of the NFC East. The problem is they can't close out games. Now, Dallas is going to possibly a running back change. They've already committed to a quarterback change. Des Bryant is not coming back this week. This should be an easy win for the New York football giants. Um, So with that being said, I'm going to tell you, Cole Beasley could have a good game here. Terrence Williams, should, but probably won't. Um, Jason Witten, witness protection because he has to block. Uh, then you also have, um, uh, 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 oh, my goodness, I can't remember. The defense, Randy Gregory uh, as well as Greg Hardy are both playing. So is Sean Lee. So is Rolando McClain. Dallas's defense is going to get – I mean, they are stout – but their offense is going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them big time. I think the New York Giants have uh, a big 
and victory in this game, and they take uh, the lead in the NFC East. JT. Man, just like just like Thursday, I didn't pick a winner on Thursday, and and I'm still wrestling with this because um, there's a lot of um, uh, um, a lot of things in here that we don't really know how much Christian Michael's going to be involved. Now they backtracked and said Michael's going to be involved, but Joseph Randall's still the lead back. Um, so you know that's deception, or you don't know if that's the truth, or Scott Linehan's offensive coordinator is, is trying to play mind games with the Giants. Who knows? Um, what 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 the who's got what role in the running back position? They got a damn good offensive line. It all depends on what the running back uh, position is going to do here. I think that's the key. Uh, they want to run the football and, and uh, try to protect Matt Castle, who's the new starting quarterback. Um, but they've had a bye to try to work some kinks out on who gets what role. They're playing a division rival. The New York Giants didn't look good this past Monday night playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Eli looked very shaky. Improved pass rush. I'm really torn about what's happening here. You know what? I'm going to go with the visitors. I I I, I do believe that they're going to surprise a lot of people. In, in what they come out with in their in the offense, um, and this, like I said, Eli is too too shaky for me. I got to go with the uh, visiting team with the Dallas Cowboys to, to um, virtually pull an upset against the Giants. That's who I like. Okay, so with that being said, um, let's move on to Philly at Carolina. Now everybody has said that uh, Cam Newton has been doing a smoke and mirrors. They're undefeated right now. Philadelphia looks like they've decided to give DeMarco Murray the ball. They're at, um, in Carolina on a Sunday night game. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Cam Newton and Greg Olson to do this. Philadelphia's defense is not that bad. They're pretty daggone good. Uh, but um, Luke Coochley is back along with uh, that defense. Can Cam Newton have enough of a run game from Jonathan Stewart to set up the play-action pass so he can get Ted Ginn down the field so Devin Funches can decide to play the game uh, so Greg Olson can get the ball? I don't know. Philly's looking really good. DeMarco Murray, as long as he gets the ball, 24 times or more, they win the game. Um, and I think Chip Kelly's seeing that. So I'm going to pick Philly to win this game. Uh, I only like DeMarco Murray in this game, really. Cam Newton, like you, bro, but Greg Olson, and and you Come are on. not going to do too well. Go ahead, JT. Come on. Come on. You know what? This, this piss is not, it's not you, but you sound like the typical people that don't give Cam Newton the, 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 the credit he deserves. You said he did, does it by smoke and mirrors. Well, just check this out, and give me give me the comparison here, Okay. Cam Newton's got a strong tight end. Uh, 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 he's got a gun for an arm. He can get the ball down the field, and, and it's dealing with so-called no-name wide receivers. Does that sound familiar to another team in the NFL that's got a good, very good tight end and basically no-name wide receivers? I think Tom Brady is is doing that, and they're not that's saying Tom he's Brady. doing that, that's Wait Tom Brady, bro. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, listen to, I understand that. But listen listen to what I'm saying here. 
And, and I know Tom Brady's well-celebrated uh, quarterback. When I'm talking about just this year, not in past years, Tom Brady is doing it with uh, virtual no-names, really, uh, wide receivers who have have become names because Tom Brady's been throwing the football to them. But virtual, not big-time wide receivers, but with a big-time tight end. With a team that's got a better defense. I'm talking about the Carolina Panthers versus the New England Patriots. So they say Pam, Cam's doing it with smoke and mirrors, but in comparison, if you look at the two teams, the New England Patriots and the um, Carolina Panthers, Carolina's got a better defense, and they're basically doing it with a strong um, uh, um, tight end, just like New England, and a up-and-down uh, running back, um, basically by running back by committee, just like New England. So, But Cam Newton's doing it with smoke and mirrors, Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and, and to me, this year, they're the same. They're doing it with um, guys they're making a good receivers out of, but using their tight end big time and, and relying on their playmaking ability to, to get their team wins. Both of them are undefeated. Both of them, um, in my opinion, could be on a possible collision course. Uh, to, for the big game because of the way they, they are going about their business. And I'm not saying both of them are going to go to the Super Bowl, but both of them, if you look at them, are doing it with their tight end um, and no-name wide receivers, uh, basically. So there's no way in all God's creation that I think Philly's going to pull this game out. I think they get blasted in this game going what? into – I think they get blasted in this game going into Carolina. Absolutely. Without a shadow of doubt. I love Carolina and the point spread. And this is probably one of my best bets of, of, of the week. Carolina, I think they're minus three, three and a half. Easily covers that. Okay, JT smoking ganja again. Let's move on to the final game of the week where we see Baltimore going to Arizona. Now, Arizona's coming off of, I believe, two games where they played subpar uh, football. And Baltimore, again, without Steve Smith, um, Justin Forsett is ineffective, and Joe Flacco is ineffective. Um, but I believe Baltimore won the last game. They're going to the desert uh, at Phoenix, University of Phoenix Stadium. And uh, I think Larry Fitz is going to have a field day. I think uh, Chris Johnson, CJTK, is going to have a field day. I think uh, Michael Floyd, who's getting his confidence back because Carson's throwing him the ball, is going to have a good game because uh, John Brown, I believe, is doubtful for this game. Um, I have nothing really good for Baltimore. Nothing. I don't think Justin Forsett's going to do well because that run defense of Arizona is pretty good. I don't think Steve Smith is going to do that well because Patrick Peterson can run with him. And when you have uh, two good safeties over top, you can put one in the box to stop the run. I think Arizona wins this game quite easily um, on Monday night. Will it happen? I don't know, but I really believe they can. With that being said, JT, the floor is yours. Ravens one and five 
and on a two-game losing streak. They lost to Cleveland last week, if I'm not mistaken, um, and are just one and three on the road. I think it's Cleveland. Whatever it was, they're on a two-game losing streak. Uh, and, and No, they lost to San, San Francisco last week um, with Colin Kaepernick going off on them last week. And are just one and three on the road. The Cardinals uh, got upset by Pittsburgh last week. That was uh, on the road in Pittsburgh. They're two and one on home. This should be a showcase for the Cardinals without a shadow of a doubt. One of my best bets uh, to have uh, 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 in a late draft draft in fantasy draft pick was uh, Carson Palmer, and he hasn't disappointed me yet. Um, One of the best bets in late in in fantasy drafts was uh, Larry Fitz, and he hasn't disappointed me yet. Um, I, I... this is this is I mean, this is this is probably a no brainer for a lot of people, especially in fantasy or betting wise. They should absolutely blow away the Baltimore uh, team in this. Um, they're depleted. They they have a pretty anemic offense, and um, Arizona's playing home, and they're pissed off because they lost to Pittsburgh last week. So um, I'm I expecting them to blow Baltimore out. All right, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, that ends our Pick'em segment. Real quick, I want to tell everybody that uh, I love calling these games and I love um, doing what we do, but we have other programming as well. Uh, One of our more controversial shows, No Chaser (laughs) has returned right in time for the political season, and he's probably championing Ben Carson and loves Donald Trump. But... The point is that he's back, Mac Williams, and mm-hmm. real briefly, JT, let everybody know what happened this past Friday night. Uh, we talked about the woman's right to choose. We also talked about the political climate and the um, love fest that my uh, esteemed host has for Donald Trump. Trump. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I can promise you that the debate will be lively every Friday night at 8 p.m. for an hour Mac and I will definitely be going back on it. He is the exact uh, opposite opinion versus his opinion. So you can you can expect some heated conversation, but it's all good. Um, Mac uh, has a is uh, um, lists itself as a de- de- uh, independent with a conservative side that's very close to Republican, if not Republican. Very close. Um, uh, I, I am in a, 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 a moderate, I consider myself a moderate Democrat, and uh, I can best believe, or you can best believe, that the conversation is, is hot and lively. Um, every Friday night, like I said, on Blog Talk Radio, uh, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You can hear my uh, myself and Matt go at it. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, you you know the telephone number that we have on each and every program, uh, and uh, jump in there and talk uh, because uh, um, we will not disappoint you. I I can guarantee it. The the conversation was hot and lively for an hour and a half. And a half. <laughs> hour and a half uh, this past Friday. And it's going to be an hour show, but uh, we had an hour and a half of lively debate. Uh, check it on uh, um, um, what's the what's the website again? I'm sorry. Spotonradios dot com. Yes, exactly. And you can get a taste of what future shows are going to be like. 
um, we will not disappoint you. I guarantee it. We both All right, give we, we got to get out of here. And behind we got to go. We got to go. We got to yep. go because I think we're going to bust time. All right, ladies yep. and gentlemen, thanks for listening to us. We appreciate you. And you know what? I hate to do this to my guy, Jerry, but we're out, and I'm not going to even play the music. Bye-bye.